This podcast is part of the Zeo to Hero Podcast Network. AvenuePodcast.net. This is Teddy Biasi, the Million Dollar Man. I want to encourage all of you out there to listen to Give a Dad a Podcast. And remember, everybody's got a price for the Million Dollar Man. <laughs> Hello, all my beautiful people. It's time for another episode of If You Give a Dad a Podcast. And I just want to say thank you for tuning in to this week's episode and really tuning in to all the episodes that you have. I see more and more people are starting to listen to this show. And I just want to say thank you to all of those who continue to listen and welcome to all the new listeners who are here today. I'm very excited about this week's guest. As you know, I bring on all kinds of people on here. And uh, this one was amazing to talk with. We kind of went all over the board. As you know, on this show, kind of goes everywhere. We might talk about, well, we could talk about just about anything. On this one, it's no different. We go from baseball to wrestling to even some redneck things that maybe we did as kids. So this one has all kinds of stuff. It has something for everybody in this episode, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. And the guy that I'm talking about is Kane Carter. He is a wrestler out of the Texas area, and he had a lot to talk about, and I'm very excited to present this episode to you guys. And for those of you who are here just to listen to the Kane Carter episode, welcome. I hope that you enjoy what you hear, and I hope that you stick around and listen to some of the other great episodes I have here as well. So, if you guys are as excited as I am, then let's get this show on the road. If you give a dad a podcast, you're bloody welcome. You know. <laughs> hey, Dad. If I get my hand stuck in a pickle jar, I'm straight up bull in a china shop, just swinging around. Started writing songs when I was about 12 or so. Seriously? They're retrofitting me now. And I'm like, yes, finally. I also had the opportunity to go train with Voice uh, Gracie and uh, Dan Severin. Wow. I like that. That's different. It stands out. That day I took my very first bump and it was fun. There's only one section to go to first. The yeah. toys. Bro. I was like, no, man. Surely this guy's not worked out that long. <laughs> I haven't laughed that hard since I was a little girl. What? Man, this guy won't shut up. And just a reminder before we get started here, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to iGadap wherever it is you're listening to. Hit that notification bell so you are notified when a new episode drops. Also, make sure that you go out there and rate and review this episode. Tell me what you think of it. And the more people that do that, the more likely I am to be recommended to somebody else. Now, on to the show. All right, everybody. So this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm uh, excited to get to talk with this guy. He is a Texas-based wrestler. He trained at the Rocky Mountain uh, Academy. He also trained at the Rhodes Wrestling Academy, which we're going to kind of talk about all of that. He's a great talent that I've been watching for a little while. Uh, I've been starting to watch more of MPX and things like that. And so I reached out to him and said, hey, would you like to come on the podcast? And uh, he was more than happy to. And I am talking about Kane Carter. Man, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. Thank you for that introduction. How are you? Doing good. You know, uh, trying to stay warm. It's uh, rather cold here. Yeah, we were talking about that. It's the wind's getting up there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, living in the South, you're not supposed to have, you know, extremely cold weather. And they're telling us that this is going to be record low temperatures in January and February here. So I don't know what to do. 
better bundle up and start you a fire. I like the cold <laughs> weather. So uh, last time it froze over where I'm from, I was out and about exploring in it. So, uh, oh, okay. You yeah, like I'm the... from the country. There so, you go, uh, man. Get on a four-wheeler? No, well, I have. I used to ride uh, motorcycles and stuff, but I don't have a four-wheeler or, okay. or a motorcycle right now. But that definitely was a part of my childhood. But we just got a lot to th- a lot of things to do out here where I'm from. Right. Yeah. I, so I'm I'm originally from right outside of Memphis area, and I remember we never got snow there. And there was one year we did, and some of my buddies, uh, their dad had like a three-wheeler. And this is going to sound really redneck, but it, <laughs> but they had an old car and they took the hood of the car off, tied it to the three wheeler, and all the kids from the neighborhood were riding around in the snow on the back of that. Oh man, that's that's <laughs> that's greatness. Where I'm from, I mean, yeah. like I said, we we don't get snow and and very much cold cold weather down here in Texas. Yeah, it's a uh, few and far between. But whenever we did it, all we had was a oddly enough a big snow shovel i don't know where it came from but we tied that thing to back of uh we had side by sides like yeah uh, yeah you know what those are so we Uh tied uh, a big snow shovel to the back of a side by side and and (laughs) rode in the in on the snow shovel oh wow i i thought mine was crazy but yeah that you know looking back now because i'm i'm in my 30s i did some kind of dangerous stuff when i was a kid but you know i i always i have good memories from it but i wouldn't let my kids do it man same 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 i uh i've had my run arounds with the the law but also some clean wholesome fun just yeah doing kid stuff man like i mean whenever i said there was stuff to do here it's me realizing that now because i'm from a very very small country town in central texas i'm okay. an hour and 10 minutes south of dallas two hours north of austin um from lake whitney and we are known for our lake so like uh-huh. There's cliff jumping and trails and and caves and coves to explore and stuff like that. And I didn't appreciate that until I got older. But right. growing up, that I, that's whenever I was doing a lot of my uh, stuff that I wouldn't let my future kids do. <laughs> it, it, it's funny looking back, you know, and just seeing, man, what was I thinking? But it... yeah, <laughs> sure. I can relate to that one, man. So we'll kind of just jump right into this and. uh what got you into wrestling? So my stepdad uh, came into the picture when I was two years old, and mm-hmm. his favorite wrestlers were the Von Erichs growing up. Oh, okay. And uh, my grandpa's favorite wrestler, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was the great Kabuki. Mm-hmm. Um, or whatever the, like, It may I may get the name wrong, but it was an older uh, guy from that era. Okay. So uh, you're going to have to fact check me on that, somebody. <laughs> but that was his my grandpa's favorite wrestler growing up and um that my stepdad introduced it to me i've been going to wrestling shows and watching wrestling since before i can even remember doing anything else man well yeah i mean uh it's it's fun hearing those stories about you know where you got started at with everything and, and you were right i looked it up it is the great kabuki I, okay <laughs> i had to look Thank him you. up but yeah he's uh I, I don't know much about him but uh, my parents always talked about the Von Erics and stuff. My dad still does. So uh, Von Erics, you know, right now they're topical. In fact, you know, with the Iron Claw. Um, Absolutely. Have you watched that movie yet? I have. I just watched it a few days ago. Okay. What do you think? 
Um, I loved it, um, except for the guy that played Ric Flair. He kind of <laughs> threw me for a loop. I felt like they could have done better with that, with as iconic as Ric Flair is. Right. He didn't have any kind of uh, imitation skills to pay respects to Rick. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I said that kind of harsh, you know what I mean? But that was the first thing that, and the only thing that I take away from that movie other than everything was just so deep. Yeah. So, you know, I've actually heard that a lot too. A lot of people are saying the, the Ric Flair part. Um, and one other thing that I heard, I guess they left one of the sons out of the story. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that's the only two things that I've heard people really, you know, have a, a gripe about with it. Um, and everyone yeah, is saying they should have had Ric Flair just do it. And they CGI a younger face on him or something. Oh gosh. Like they just did with uh, Harrison Ford in that new Indiana Jones. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it, but I heard about that and how they did that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Ric Flair scene came right after the Harley race scene and the guy who played Harley race was surprisingly well, you know, yeah. I feel like everyone did their jobs, but not to take away too much from the movie. The movie was great. Um, mm-hmm beginning to end right on i still haven't got to see it yet but I, you know i really do want to um I, i'm one of those you know i've got two kids and so i don't get to go to the movies very often so i'm probably gonna have to wait till it comes out you know to where i can watch it at home but i've heard yeah. a lot of good things about it so yeah man I, I highly recommend it um it's a great watch great watch and i don't i don't fancy the movies too often yeah unless there's something i really 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 want to see right and i felt like that was just a must <laughs> yeah i i totally get that you know i was i belly ached about it for quite a while my wife's like dude calm down <laughs> it'll come <laughs> out you'll see it eventually so yeah that it's it's definitely something i want to see who was your favorite wrestler growing up <sighs> jeff hardy jeff hardy <laughs> yep yeah. What did you think about his comeback whenever he came back into WWE? Because I'm hearing him say stuff now that, you know, he 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 didn't feel like his whole thing was the same whenever he came back this time. Are you talking about when him and Matt returned at WrestleMania? Yeah, I thought that was I me and my buddy jumped out of our seats when that happened. I was actually not watching wrestling at that time. Oh, really? Yeah, so a big part of my life I stopped watching wrestling and uh Okay. That was a part of those years. And coming back, you know, I really wish I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, felt like it was done really well. But um, I didn't get to see it live. Uh, there was a lot of uh, key moments in WWE's past decade or so that I didn't know happened. Like, I didn't know The Undertaker's streak was broken. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a part of my life, I, uh, I grew up too fast. And uh, I stopped watching wrestling and... Yeah. I got back into it and it's what kind of saved my life, you know, and that's yeah. what made me think that I could actually do it. So, uh, yeah, just to, those few things, man, and plenty more I missed, but I know of them now. <laughs> well, that's a cool thing about, you know, we had the WWE network. Now we got Peacock where you can go back and rewatch all the cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what actually brought you back into wrestling then? Um, there was, uh, a few instances actually. So I was living in Florida and just being away from home. Yeah. I was living with some strangers, not strangers. I'd gotten to know them quite well from Texas. And yeah. then we moved to Florida together. Okay. Just an odd point in my life. I've talked about it on other podcasts, but I won't go like super deep into it. Sure. I would watch throwback TNA to uh, 
just comfort me and uh, help me get through those times. And in moving back to Texas, I would still do that. And people would notice that I was watching wrestling. Um, so another moment is I got an Xbox and WW2K for Christmas one year. Um, and then I started noticing all these names that I had never noticed before, like Shinsuke Nakamura, Kevin Owens. Mm-hmm. I saw AJ Styles, but I knew him and just other names like that. Yeah. That made me dive deeper into it. And then discovering uh like Ring of Honor and New Japan, it just I was like a kid in a candy store again. I just I found a whole nother world that I didn't know about. Yeah. Um, and last instance is there was an independent company that came and ran a show at a bar mm-hmm. in my hometown. And those instances all happened within like maybe nine months. And oh. so whenever they came to my hometown, I just thought like, I'm an athlete too. Like I'm no different than these Joes up here. Yeah. I could do it. Yeah. So uh, it was just that set in stone from there. I haven't looked back. That's awesome. So where, uh, where did you get your start at then? Um, the company that came to my hometown was a small company called APW Advanced Pro Wrestling. Okay. And they were actually located in a small town, 35 minutes from where I live. So I would make that commute to train with them every now and then until some things happened. Uh, you know, stuff in the business occurs. that right. You know, it just s- separates people. So right. from there, I went on to Rocky Mountain Pro. Okay. And Rocky Mountain Pro, uh, we kind of talked about that a little bit. I know that yes. Al Snow is, you know, in charge of that now and everything. Uh, whenever you were training there, uh, how was that? You know, um, uh, I, I know you said something about he was just starting whenever uh, you came in. Yeah. So Al Snow has a curriculum within OVW, the company that he owns, that spans across hundreds and hundreds of schools, like even outside of the United States. Okay. And whenever I joined Rocky Mountain Pro, uh, it was just Rocky Mountain Pro and their training facility. Mm-hmm. You know, this was uh, right as COVID was happening. Okay. Um, they had just moved into a new facility, and that's when I uh, showed up. And then about maybe three weeks before I left, maybe a month before I left, they signed on with the OVW curriculum. Hmm. So I got like a brief glimpse of that. Uh, never met Al Snow, though. I, I mentioned that uh, yeah. before we started recording. Yeah. But I uh, wish I would have, you know, and there's still chances for me to go over to OVW and oh, definitely uh, meet the guy. Yeah. I mean, Al Snow, I mean, he was part of, I, I remember watching Tough Enough, you know, and he was one of the trainers on Tough Enough and stuff. So, I mean, he's one of the guys that, a lot of people go to to get the that knowledge when it comes to being in the ring. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that would definitely be something uh, cool that you'd be able to do. Well, um, what was interesting about it is whenever I moved there, I moved to Colorado on a 12 and a half, not a 12 and a half, uh, on a 20 hour notice. Uh, the tryout was the next day. So, oh, wow. I drove 12 and a, yeah, I drove 12 and a half hours straight to Colorado. Uh-huh. Um, and I ended up moving in with the owner slash head trainer. His name is Mercury Matt Yaden. And he was Al Snow's right-hand man during his days of WWE. Like oh, really? Not, yeah, not his performing days, but his backstage uh, creative days. Okay. Uh, Matt Yaden was his right-hand man, and Matt Yaden trained under him. 
yeah. uh, for a while. Not trained under him. He was already established as a wrestler, but just got to learn right. uh, from being under him. And living with Matt, it was kind of the same learning curve for me. Like, yeah, for months, I got to spend every day with this guy who just lived and breathed wrestling just like I wanted to. So, yeah. So yeah, you kind of just got to sit there and come home and pick his brain. Essentially, yeah. Whenever he wasn't on Twitch, he he uh, <laughs> he streamed Twitch also. So okay, uh, he he was making a living in COVID, uh, mid COVID era, from Rocky Mountain Pro as an income and Twitch as an income. Wow, raising a fifteen year old daughter in the economy of Colorado, which is not cheap. Yeah. So. Uh, hats off to him in all respects that's that's rough man i mean especially with everything he's doing and then raising a a 15 year old on top of that i've i've got a 13 year old daughter right now so i know the teenagers are a handful yeah so (laughs) So my hat's off to him too (laughs) yeah imagine a teenage girl a uh, a full-blown wrestling company uh, a promotion that has its own tv channel Mm -hmm. so you have to have production and stuff like that um, and then a full-time Twitch streaming platform. You know, it's the man was a worker. Yeah, definitely. And then after that, you moved on and went to, uh, you know, Rhodes Wrestling Academy as well. Uh, now, yes. did you work directly with Dustin when you were there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, me and Dustin. Um, I actually had Dustin's phone number for a while. Uh, oh. Yeah, that was whenever... Uh, I had gotten my shot with AEW, you know, we had to stay in contact and, uh-huh. you know, I feel like if I would have made the effort, uh, probably still could have, you know, had conversation with him every now and then. I know he's a busy guy, but right. um, I would like to think that I, I was on Dustin's good side. You know, I was a part of his third camp where he hadn't met too many students yet. Yeah. you know, Now he's on like nine, 10, 11 or whatever he's on. He's had, hundreds of students cycle through there, you know, um, he, he really took a, a liking to, uh, our whole class actually. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Worked hands on with him and Cody actually. What what, what was it like working with him? So Cody came and used the Rhodes Academy facility for a AEW segment. Okay. If you could remember, he was in a feud with Malachi black when Malachi first showed up. Yeah. Okay. Before their third match, there was a segment that came out on Dynamite, and uh, Cody showed up to the Rhodes facility, and he was late. So Red Velvet, Brock Anderson, Lee Johnson, um, Sean Dean was all there, and the segment was they were trying to check Cody for being too Hollywood and his head not being in the game, you know? Ah, okay. So uh, he comes in the facility, and we do, like, this training drill. Yeah. And so... I take an arm drag from him. He locks up with one of the other students that we have in our class. And eventually the other guys get up on him and he has this whole chat with, uh, Arn Anderson. I don't know if any of this is ringing a bell, but like this was on dynamite. And, yeah. uh, we recorded that and, and Cody was so gracious that he flew me out to Orlando, Florida to have a dark match at universal studios with AEW. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and he would have yeah. done the same with the other kid that was in the segment also. Uh-huh. But that kid was from Scotland, and he didn't have his work visa, so they couldn't pay him. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, and they didn't uh, They didn't want to have him work for free. They were just like, no, sorry. 
which, yeah. which really sucks. But yeah, that was a little little commercial or not. I was gonna say commercial. A little segment that we shot at the Rose Academy. So working with Cody was it was very professional. Yeah, we had a whole camera crew and right. It was it was nice. That's really cool. And, you know, I, I, I know uh, quite a few people who have had, you know, the AEW because you were on AEW Dark, correct? Yes. What was it like uh, being in that atmosphere? Oh, uh, it was chill, honestly. Yeah. Um, I'll never forget it. When I first showed up and walked into the locker room, uh, Danny Garcia, Daniel Garcia, uh-huh. he saw my pants and he was like, I like your pants, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't even say like, hey, like nothing. He just saw me walk in. I like your pants, bro. <laughs> uh, everyone was so nice. Everyone was so chill. Uh, everyone was working. You know, it was it's just a show day and everyone's busy. So I tried not to bother people, but also uh, intermingle and, you know, not be awkward. So. Yeah, definitely. I, I get that. I, I've had a few interactions backstage myself and I, I understand what you're saying not at something big like that at a local promotion here i've done a little bit of back behind the scenes work with them and yeah you yeah. kind of just you, you try to absorb it all in and uh try to be helpful but try not to be in the way yeah absolutely i, I thought of it as just another show day you know yeah. uh show up uh get with your people to talk about the match and right. i worked uh now they're the iron savages but then they were their bear country yeah so worked bear country got with them they were the nicest guys uh yeah. went out there did the thing and enjoyed every second of it awesome so do you prefer to be a heel or a face man right now i am getting just ragdolled as a heel um yeah. in places you know i go down to houston and I'm getting the Dominic Mysterio effect. Like they're not yeah. even letting me talk. <laughs> so um, I definitely love being a heel just because yeah. that's what I've, uh, I feel like that's what I've taken with easier. Yeah, I get that. So do you have a favorite like fan interaction uh, since you've been a heel? Oh, there's a lot of them. Uh <laughs> Um, yes, actually. So, uh, my first time turning heel down in Houston, the very yeah. next show, um, I made my entrance and the person that I turned heel on, uh, his little cousins were in the crowd and these are like eight, nine year old girls. And they ran up to me and they were just swinging away. Like, they thought that they were actually doing something and it was actually kind of really cute, but these little <laughs> girls ran up to me and just hated my guts so much that they didn't care where they were at. It was on site and they were just punching me and punching me and I was eating them and just talking mess. And uh, I think that was kind of the first real moment of heat that I've gotten. And yes, it was with children, bro. But after the match, I got threatened by this dude's grown cousin with brass knuckles wow oh wow yeah so uh just and i've had just crazy interactions where uh i'll throw like splashes of water on people yeah and, uh, they'll not take kind to it so <laughs> uh, well, you, you know i it, it's you say that that the first one was with kids but kids are some of the most passionate people when it comes to these wrestling shows so oh, yeah, you know, so, you've got them believing it, you know, and so, I mean, you're doing your job. 
So we could turn that same thing around. And my favorite moment as a baby face is actually my favorite moment in wrestling period. And it was whenever I was embraced by kids. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll remember the Uvalde shooting. Sound, uh, I think so. Yeah. So it was the biggest uh, massacre in Texas history, if I'm not mistaken. And it was this uh, piece of human garbage who walked into the Uvalde elementary and killed about 20 children. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, okay. Uh, uh, the Rob elementary school. Okay. Yes. Okay. So about a month and a half later was 4th of July and the uh, town was coming together for a big, I guess their every year annual 4th of July festival or whatever. Uh-huh. And we put on a wrestling show there and I was a semi main event and I worked with my good friend Zeke Rose mm-hmm. and he was healed. I was baby face and I ended up winning and uh, just a month and a half, man, after some of these families and kids gone through some of the worst thing I could probably the worst thing I could imagine. Uh, I had children running up to me and embracing me and hugging me. Uh, and it just felt good to give children a moment like that in a right. time of darkness you know yeah so yeah children like you said man they're the most passionate and if you get to them you get to the parents exactly yeah i that's that's a really cool story I, i'm 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 glad you were able to do that and to have that moment with them and everything is uh yeah uh that's that's rough man the mm-hmm. uh, i i do remember that now that uh you, you're talking about it and uh yeah. Hello, everybody. I apologize for butting in on what you're listening to, but I wanted to introduce you guys to a brand new podcast called the Tiger Nexus Podcast. I'm Ty Tiger, and I'm the host. I'm mostly known for the Tiger Tales YouTube channels, where you'll find stories and fan fictions that I write and read to you guys. I'm also a co-founder of the Three Range Bro Studios, but I wanted to dive in into this whole podcasting thing. I'm a content creator, and I adore making content of all sorts of varieties, and I want to interview people that enjoy and make content as well. And we're talking about all sorts of things, from TikToks to YouTube to story writing to storytelling podcasts movies and TV shows all forms of content you can think of I want to interview people about so there's gonna be lots of different variety so make sure you check out the Tiger Nexus podcast on YouTube and Spotify hey listen my name is a crown and if you enjoy fan fiction be sure to check out the author's crown We have stories from all kinds of franchises like DC, Power Rangers, and Transformers. But wait, there's more! We also do original crossovers you didn't know you needed. Head on over to YouTube and search for The Author's Crown today. Let's switch gears here. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have a favorite opponent? Yes. Uh, Well, are you asking like just in general or like for a favorite match with an opponent well we we can do both of those actually if you had if they're different yeah yeah so uh my favorite opponent has definitely been exodus prime he's another talent down here in texas yep uh probably sitting at the top of the mountain right now yeah in texas he's so good yep um and every time i work him i just learn something you know and it's nothing that he has to tell me it's doing it in the match and like going back and watching it and seeing how it worked out and how the crowd reacted. So 
Uh, he's been my favorite opponent. Now, okay. my favorite match um, has been with Michael Schaefer. Me okay. and the leading man, Michael Schaefer, had a match for HOT Pro Wrestling, and I defeated him for a Syntex title. And on that night, it, I was just on. We were connecting with the crowd and hitting on all cylinders, and we were the opening show. So, or we were the, not the opening match. Uh, I think we were second. Okay. So we made it. We made it pretty tough to follow, and uh, that's my favorite match so far. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's always. I guess it would be almost a. Uh, you have a being in wrestling. There's a competitive side on top of. It's not a technically a competitive sport, but there's competition between the boys. So when people try to to argue. What's the sport in wrestling? What's the competition? Right. I'll tell anybody the competition is is being at the top of the mountain in yes. the industry. Yep. You know what I mean? It's uh and and how you do that is you you make money and you get notoriety, not just city wise, not state wise, but na- nationally, you know, yeah, uh exactly. worldwide. And and those are the people that's winning. That's the competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh I want to be a Roman Reigns, you know, going on snl and and stuff like that or not yeah. snl what's it uh the the tonight show or whatever oh, like jimmy fallon on. and stuff yeah jimmy fallon yeah, yeah. like i want to be that guy who gets on jimmy fallon by being a wrestler you know i don't have to be a uh an actor or a rapper or, or anything like some big name celebrity like a kardashian i'm doing what i love exactly and if it can take me to the top of the mountain that's the competition in it yeah everyone well, a lot of wrestlers that I like attribute it to taking food off your, your family's plate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't want anybody to take the spot that I have or that I'm gunning for. And yep. uh, that's, I'll argue that all day. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. You know, you, uh, you're trying to va- uh, vouch for or vie for that spot, that very top spot and to get there, you know, and uh, I, I can't remember who it was that said this and it was recently. And they said that, if your goal, if your friends don't say that you're that you're crazy when they hear your goals, then your goals aren't set high enough. I like that. I think I've heard that also. Yeah, I love following a lot of these. You know, I, I'm not a wrestler. You know, I'm just a fan of the sport. And right. uh, but I, I follow all these guys, and you know, I can take what they're saying and apply it to what I'm doing here too. So you know, and I, I like that. You know, you got to set your goals just a little outside of what you think your reach can be, and still try to reach those goals. You know. It's uh, if you're settling, then you're not doing it right. Absolutely. I've had this lady tell me to my face that when I was dating her daughter, uh-huh. uh, she told she told her daughter that guy wants to be a wrestler. Really? <laughs> but, you know, this is like a year and a half down the line. She said, I got to give it to you. You're doing it. And yeah. so like that is what satisfies me. You know what I mean? Like right. sleep on sleep on me if you want to. So do you have any hobbies? Yeah, that's that's funny you ask. I just started <laughs> collecting baseball cards and I feel like I'm so late into the game, <laughs> but I I just got a, a re-sparked love for baseball in general. So okay. uh, yeah, the cards is just tip of the iceberg. Um I used to skateboard, man. Skateboarding was my second love behind pro wrestling. Really? Okay. Yeah, before I wanted to be a wrestler, I wanted to be a skateboarder. That, that's uh, well, I mean, you like the adrenaline rush. <laughs> yeah, 
I do. I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so baseball, um, Dexter Hardaway, I've had him on here and he's a big baseball guy. Have you gotten in touch with him on any of that? Cause I think I saw a picture. You're a Rangers fan, aren't you? Absolutely. So yeah, he's, uh, he's always going to those games out there. Who is it? Uh, uh, Dexter Hardaway. Um, that name rings a bell, but, uh, he, no, he's done stuff. Oh, he's done stuff. He, uh, Oklahoma and Texas. He he actually uh, lives in Texas now, but he used to wrestle all over the place up there. He's retired now. I think he retired in twenty one. Maybe is when he had his okay. last match. So uh, yeah, he's a he's a really cool guy. I I had him on, and uh, right before he went into the wrestle uh, wrestling for a cause Hall of Fame, and I think most of the episode we talked about baseball. Oh, sweet. So. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't talked to him, but I do have a few buddies in the wrestling business that are baseball fans. Yeah. Um, I started going to Rangers games, the not this past year when they won the World Series, but the year before. I went with a group of friends, and I hadn't been to a professional anything in a long time besides wrestling. I okay. used to go to I used to go to Dallas Mavericks games all the time. Yeah. Um, so like, I just missed being in the crowd, the, you know, the sport in general. Yeah. So like after going a few times, like I found that I was just in love with baseball all over again. Yeah. And, uh, and then the, uh, next year the Rangers win the world series, you know, so good time to get uh, back into it then. It was a perfect time to get back into (laughs) it. And like, I don't. I don't like to call myself a bandwagon. It just happened the year before they won the world series. I remember uh, in 2011, I was interested in them. I've had family members that have been Rangers fans forever that love Josh Hamilton and Elvis Andrews and all the cats from like 2010 and 11, whenever they were like really good back then. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a, I'm a big Cardinals guy myself. Uh, My grandpa was a Cardinals fan. And so Oh yeah. So I, I remember watching games with him whenever I was little and then I kind of got away from it for a while. And then when I got a little older, um, I actually got to see Mark McGuire, um, whenever he was still on the team. Um, they were the first game, like I said, I'm from the Memphis area. So Mm -hmm. I got to see uh, the Redbirds, which is their triple a team. Uh, so I got to see that very first game they had there was the Redbirds versus the Cardinals. And it's when he was still, it was right after he had uh, broken the home run record. And so, uh, you know, it was like a, maybe a season or two removed from that. And uh, I remember I got very close. I was probably maybe about 10 feet away from him, about to get his autograph. And then the game started and he had to leave. So, oh, wow. But yeah. um, But 2011 is always a big one for the Cardinals fans because that's, you know, uh, they won the World Series in 2011. Is that uh, when they beat the – did they beat the Rangers that year? I believe so, yeah. And uh, so that was the year my son was born. So I I was like, oh, this is special. The year my son's born, uh, Cardinals win the World Series. Well, that's good. Uh, It's a good life moment to have. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, But, yeah, no, I love baseball. I I don't get to watch it as much as I would like to, but – um, it's definitely one of my favorites that, and then I, I do the football too. You a football fan? Oh, uh, I was just cause, I mean, I, I played football growing up. Okay. Uh, I loved it. Um, I didn't play it until I got into middle school, uh-huh. uh, professional football. It was always like hit or miss for me yeah. because, uh, 
like I don't know. I wasn't I didn't watch TV a lot growing up. Gotcha. But then uh when I started watching football a lot, like that's when politics started to get thrown into it. Yeah. And now I just ref like I don't refuse to watch it, but I try not to watch it. Uh just because it's changed so much also. Right. And uh, I only watch it whenever the Cowboys have, like, a big game. But other than that, no, man, I try to keep out of football because whenever politics and all that stuff got brought into it, it just ruined the sport for me. I, you know, I, I, I kind of agree, uh, and I, I was starting to get away from it. But at that same time was when the Chiefs started getting hot. Yeah. And I'm a Chiefs fan. Uh, you know, I was yeah. born in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. so I, it, it was kind of hard, but I, I got to, like you said, when it came to, when it comes to a big chiefs game, I'll watch that, but otherwise yeah. not going to watch too much of it. Yeah. I don't like how soft it's getting also. Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that. So what goals do you have set in, in this next year? Um, this next year, I just want to go out of state more. Uh, I get to go to Kansas starting in February. Oh, cool. I, uh, I agreed to a five show deal with a Kansas company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do some work in Oklahoma. I'm trying to stretch out uh, west and make it to California, east down to Florida. I just I want to work out of state as much as possible. That's okay. within the next year, reasonably for me. Right on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's plenty of places to go to. I mean, just. Uh, in the little bit of time, because I didn't even know about independent wrestling until uh, until I started this podcast almost two years ago, and I went to my oh. first show. Uh, and now I have two independent companies that are literally both of them are 15, 10 to 15 minutes away from my house. Oh, wow. You got it good. Oh, yeah. So and, and it's funny <laughs> because I've got one uh, one weekend, and then two weeks later, I've got the other one on on another weekend. So I'm like, all right, this is, you know, this is nice. I've got plenty of uh, stuff to go see. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's tons of companies out there and uh, I was kind of helping. There's a guy I had on the show who is kind of making a database for uh, wrestlers and promoters and things like that um, to kind of get them all in contact when saying, Hey, I need somebody here. And him telling me, you know, I think he said that there's over 800 different promotions in the United States alone. Oh Lord. So yeah, there's a plethora of them to go out there and find places to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's just for the pickings, you know, I uh, always make it a goal whenever I go somewhere uh, just to be able to come back because right. uh, You, you, you don't win over crowds on, on a continuous scale with just one show there like that's why i was so happy to sign or not sign but agree to this five show deal with this uh, kansas company Uh because it gives me uh time to show the promotion why i can be of asset to them you know i mean I, i want to build a fan base that puts butts in seats and if there's somebody not hitting on this cylinder that's what i want to do you know or create my own cylinder to hit on and you know, have people enjoy it. Yeah. So do you have a favorite feud that you've been in? Oh man, I am in this continuous feud that has been a thorn in my side <laughs> down in Houston. Um man, me and my boys, I'm in a faction. Uh-huh. Uh, I was in a faction called Disarray, um, uh, led by none other than T Ray himself. 
uh, he'll go down as a Texas great in his, I don't even know how long he was wrestling, but it's short, short time period. You know, yeah. um, he kind of fathered me into Houston and he created a stable called Disarray. Okay. Uh, arguably with the four best athletes and, and talents in Texas. Um, and yeah, we were a Hill faction, but we did whatever it takes to get gold to our faction. Right. Um, and our feud has been with the four PWF baby faces, good guys, blah, blah, blah. Um, one, Chris Carter, Kenny mm-hmm. Calypso, just Nick and maniac. And I have been going on with these guys for well over a year now. No, it's not well over a year. It's been a year actually uh-huh. to the date Saturday. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, still going on with this. It's it's made me who I am down in Houston, and I wouldn't change who I am in Houston yeah. for nothing. Because, like I said, uh, arguably the top hated man in Houston. I'm Houston's most hated, if you will. <laughs> so I, I know you do a lot of tag matches as well as singles. Uh, do you prefer one over the other? Oh, no, I don't. I just want to wrestle. Just want to wrestle. Yeah. yeah. I uh, I have found success with my tag partner, Devion Black. Uh-huh. He has become like a brother to me. Yeah. Um, and don't think I'd be tagging with anybody else. That's my boy. And uh, I love it whenever we're out there. You know, there's a lot of growing to do. I will not say that we are near the best tag team in Texas, but we are top dogs. You know, there's yeah. still people at the top of the mountain to beat in Texas. There's great tag teams in Texas. Uh, we have had gold in Oklahoma, uh-huh. um, but we're still trying to expand down to Texas. I will say, put us against anybody in Oklahoma, and we're top dogs over there. So uh, it's it's just a growing process, man. I love tag team wrestling. Yeah. I love singles wrestling. Just had to shout out my, my tag team partner. Me and him are KOA. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to have to get him uh, on the show as well. I you know, I've been watching a lot of his stuff. And then uh, yeah, man. I, I, you guys are going to be going after uh, the tag team titles at Texoma, aren't you? Uh, we've been trying to go after those, but we have had Rook and Gabe, uh-huh. Rook Tyler and Gabe Wilder as yeah. thorns on our sides because we could beat them, but they just go and get different opponents. Uh-huh. We, uh, Rook Tyler has had to go get Gerald Briscoe, who... Uh-huh. Uh, ended up joining with us all it took was a a drink with the guy to to realize that he was more like us you know so um we had been under the tutelage of gerald and wwe or wes and wwe legend joe briscoe for a short period of time then he had to go get fuego del sol we beat them so and then they win the tag team championships in a fatal four-way huh so uh, if, if you're asking me, luck has been on their side because uh, they can't beat us, but they're the tag team champions. So, yes, we are going after their tag team champions. Rook Tyler and Axel Savage also won our NCWO championships in a three-way tag team match. Never have they ever pinned us. So we will definitely be going after those two sets of tag team titles. It, it kind of sounds like they're skirting you guys on a, you know, Two-on-two two match. I mean, they're fighters. Yeah. They're fighters. You know what I mean? I think uh, 
we have fallen to them once. Uh, uh-huh. I think maybe it was in a, a, a th- not a three way tag match, a, uh, a six man tag. Okay. I think, I think, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm getting my, my matches mixed up because we wrestled them uh, in tag matches, six man tag matches twice. Uh, okay. Fatal four way tag matches. Rook has had to go get different opponents. Rook also had er, different partners. Rook also has another partner, like I said, Axel Savage who he's champion with in another company. I'm not going to knock them boys. They fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> they don't scare us or yeah. nothing. But yeah. I am saying that these these guys are getting a little lucky, if you ask me. <laughs> so there's one thing I did want to ask you about, because I know that you're part of MPX as well. Um, have you tried any of these tortillas that Tony Snow talks about? <laughs> no, actually. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Tony Snow talked about tortillas. Oh yeah, the you know the ones he brings out to the ring. He says that his uh, his mom makes them, and um, I, I think I've seen him throw them at some people in the in the crowd. So I didn't know if maybe he had shared some of those with you backstage. I mean, no, but now I'm gonna have to talk to him about those now because Mama <laughs> Snow tortillas sound phenomenal, and yeah. uh, me and him are pretty tight at Texoma. So I don't know why he would be ducking me with the tortillas at MPX. Yeah, you'd have you're gonna have to ask him about that. <laughs> Thank you for that, actually. Thank you. Yeah, yeah no problem. <laughs> Tony Snow and his tortillas. So who would you say are some of your influences when it comes to your in-ring style and then maybe uh, when it comes to your character that you've developed? Uh the character, man, I gotta say it's it's just all me in the uh-huh. moment. Okay. Um, everyone will say that your your best personality for wrestling is just you turned up to ten, right? And so uh, I try to stay on ten all the time, whether the crowd's cheering me or booing me. Yeah. Um, in ring, man, I would say it started off with like Jeff Hardy and Kenny Omega, um, but I've gotten in the ring and I've done the Phoenix splashes. I've done the four fifties the springboards and all that stuff, but I don't need it to beat people up. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I look at a lot of old, uh, eighties, all Japan wrestlers who are just slugging it out, but could also technically battle you, you know, and, and take a limb off if you will. Yeah. So, um, I've tried to hone in some submission moves and, uh, I use the cross face as a submission. So I try to, learn how to how to work a, a piece of the body right you know and and articulately break someone down but also i can go out there and, and throw haymakers with you so yeah. uh any any wrestlers of that sort uh but then also whenever i look at at the business i want to make money you know i want to be a performer while i'm beating people up right so uh i look to people like like Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's a performer. Um, I look to him like that, but with my style, it's, it's a lot of old stuff, a lot of old stuff. Cause they know how to, how to break people down. Right. It, you know, I like that. I, that's one thing that I've noticed is, you know, you've got the cross face that you do and uh, you, you, you work the body part, you know, you do that. And it did give me kind of a throwback vibe to, you know, that kind of old school feel 
And uh, I, I did want to bring that up. You know, I, I I'm really liking that that cross face is looking pretty pretty slick, man. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm I'm trying to rip people's shoulders out of socket <laughs> and their their neck. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. Any way possible. I try to I try to have a vicious side to me when it calls for it. Right. But I'm also a performer, man. I will I'll run circles around you and, and beat you up in a flashy way and love every second of it. So do you have like a, a ritual that gets you ready for going out to the ring? I try to get a nice pump in and I say a prayer. All right. Every time I uh, walk through the curtain, you know, I'll say a prayer before I walk through for a promo. Yep. And if I got a match later on, I'll say a prayer before I go through for my match. There and then go. I always try to look a little, a little juicy. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I've just got a few more things here before I get you off of here. Um, but what would you say is your proudest moment uh, thus far in your wrestling career? Uh, definitely got to be the Uvalde moment that we touched on. I, I don't think I can top giving people in their darkest times a little moment of light. Yeah. I, I don't think I could ever top that. Yeah, no, I, I, I like that. So what do you have coming up that maybe you want to talk about? Oh, man, uh, I have just qualified for the PWF Ascension Ladder Match uh, down in Houston. I was in it last year. Uh, word around around the uh, wrestling business said that that was the best Ascension Ladder Match, and I would like to attribute it to me being in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, no, I want to I, I want to go on to win this ladder match, win the Ascension title. And then uh, I want to go on to cash that Ascension title in and become the PWF Premier Championship. So that's uh, that's a route that I'm going for in 2024 down in Houston. Whether they whether they like it or not, uh, I want to take that that big bad boy home because these champions are not living up to it. Uh, Texoma Pro, I will be gunning for tag gold with my partner Devion. Um, we just got to get them in the rightful hands, you know feel like that uh the other people aren't worthy enough to hold those bad boys um anybody out of state um i'm trying to come to a place near you so uh if anybody would like to book ken carter holler at me i'm uh doing doing big things i'm doing as much as i can you know what i mean yeah so anywhere you guys want to watch me just keep up with me follow me on social media uh kane carter on all platforms uh I really appreciate the support, guys. I got a lot coming up in 2024. Awesome. And uh, for somebody that's maybe just getting into wrestling, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? Uh, this business, um, it can take a lot away from you. Mm-hmm. But if uh, if you keep your head in the right space, it can also give you everything that you're looking for. Um. I would say uh, prioritize the business side of it. You know what I mean? Um, get out there, make your money, hustle, get some merchandise, make fans. You know what I mean? Uh, market yourself. Uh, the power of social media is real. Yeah. But uh, also, you know, breaking the fourth wall a little bit. It's about protecting each other. Right. Uh, the wrestling world has been looked down on for a while. I feel like it's in a, 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 peak right now we're in a a crazy pro wrestling boom Mm -hmm. um but getting into it you know 
we're all weirdos. We all love this business. <laughs> um, you know, so we want to keep it sacred. We, we, we don't want to do anything to tarnish it. And a part of that is just being safe, being a safe worker. Um, I would prioritize, you know, uh, at least being somewhat athletic and uh, having the trust in your own physique to not only throw your own body around, but to throw somebody else's body around, if you will. So um, man, those are things to prioritize. If you want to get into the business, make it a business and and be safe. Awesome. Do you have any final thoughts before I get you off of here, man? No, man, this is great. This has been great. Yeah. Uh, always love having a platform to talk and just be me. And I feel like that's what I was able to do. Be me. I was kind of nervous coming <laughs> on here. Uh, I haven't done a podcast in a while, so Thank you, man. Thank you yeah. for giving me a platform. Thank you for making this a good podcast. Thank you for being a good host. Awesome, man. Well, thank you for being on the show, man. It has been great. I have really enjoyed this and hopefully we can get you back on the show here in the future. I have enjoyed it as well. Thank you for having me on. I'd love to be back on. All right. You have a great night, man. Thank you as well. And everybody else. Hey, avid podcast listener, come on over to the Zero Hero podcast to listen to Billy and Jimmy, myself, talk about all kinds of things from the Nerdverse, Power Rangers, Gundams, anime, random TV shows, diseases, economic turmoil, and how to scam people on crypto. A yabba dabba doo. This is a Cat's Pajamas, aka Cat's PJs, and I'm the host of Cat's Pajamas Radio Show. Well, what is it that I got at the radio show, you may ask? I've got everything from live interviews with various people from wrestling to bands and musicians and artists and artist collectives. We talk all things conspiracies, scary stories, and uh, fun random music facts. You can check me out on Spotify at Cat's Pajamas Radio Show. Got a really killer playlist for all of you as well. Or you can find me on Instagram, Cat's Pajamas 123. So I hope y'all go ahead and give that a listen. And a special thanks to uh, If You Give a Daughter Pound for putting me on much love appreciate it all right everybody i hope that you enjoyed that episode with kane carter he was a great guest to have on the show and I look forward to having him back on. And I just want to say thank you to him for taking time out of his busy schedule to be on here and talk with me uh, this week. We really had a good time. Um, so I have some really cool ones that are going to be coming up. The next one that you're going to hear is with a man uh, named Jace Osei. He is a wrestler out of Texas. Uh, he's from the UK. And we had a really good conversation that I think you guys are going to enjoy in fact, uh, whenever we talked, I think I maybe got two questions from my list in. We just kind of nerded out and talked about comic books and TV shows and video games and all kinds of stuff. 
And I think you guys are really going to enjoy that episode. So make sure that you come back next week to hear the episode with the Ronin, Jace Osei. But in the meantime, make sure that you check out my podcast networks that I'm a part of to find something else to listen to while you're waiting on the next episode of If You Give a Dad a Podcast. I'm a part of the OIW Podcast Network, the Zio to Hero Podcast Network, and the Avenue Podcast Network. While you're waiting on something new from me to come out, make sure you go and give them some love and uh, listen to some of their awesome stuff. They have all kinds of great shows, and uh, you're bound to find something that you will enjoy on there as well. So, um, I do have a new shirt out, and uh, as you're hearing this, you might have already seen a picture of it because I am wearing it to Comic-Con this weekend. So, um, if you want one of those, hit me up. My wife makes all of my merch for me. I also have coffee mugs and I have stickers and all kinds of other stuff. So just hit me up if you want some merch. Also want to say thank you to Decure for creating my ending theme song. I love it. It's great. And uh, if you guys like the way that it sounds, make sure that you go out there and follow him. I'll have a link to his stuff in my show notes. Also want to say thank you to Original Geek Comics for making me a part of their Paladin comic book. I'm about to do something really cool and new with them um, at the 1st of February. Um, we are doing a, we're going to an art con, and I am going to be doing a live podcast with the guys from Original Geek talking about the 8th Day comic book that's coming out. So uh, make sure that you stay tuned for that. It's going to be my first attempt at doing a live episode, so just... uh <laughs> Um, be gentle with me with your uh, comments about how it goes because this is a new thing that I'm trying. I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone and do new things, and I hope that you guys enjoy that. I'm really excited to do this, and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a blast. Um, been talking to Nick about it quite a bit over the last few weeks, trying to plan out how we're going to do everything, and uh, this is just going to be so much fun. Also want to say thank you to Diamond State Wrestling. Make sure that you go out there and check them out. They've got all kinds of great content. They are a local group here, and uh, they uh, make some really good wrestling that I think you guys would enjoy. I helped them with creating their uh, talk show that they have called The Rare Cut. It's uh, Jamie and Jake on there. And uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with Diamond State Wrestling, make sure that you go out there and follow them. I will have a link to them as well in my show notes. So you hear me talk about social media, and uh, there's lots of different places where you can find me. So make sure that you go out there and follow me on any of those. Just look up if you give it out a podcast in the search bar or Google it. You can find me pretty much anywhere. Also, if you want to send me an email, send it to giveadatapodcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you guys on there. And also, if you like what you hear here, make sure that you rate and review this episode. Like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Wherever it is that you're listening to, hit the notification bell. That way you're alerted when a new episode comes out of this show. And also, like I said, rate and review it. The more people that do that, the more likely I am to be recommended to somebody new. So I appreciate every single one of them. I've gotten quite a few uh, new ones on my Facebook page, actually, recently. And thank you to all of those people who did that on there. You guys are awesome. I really appreciate um, the feedback. Just keep it coming. Uh, I love to hear from you guys. So we've come to the end of another episode of I Get App. 
And it's time for Billy's favorite part of the episode, and that is Dad Joke of the Week. (laughs) Did you hear about the guy who's afraid of hurdles? He got over it. Jared, you stay over there. You stay over there. Yeah, you get yeah. back. You get back I'm right now. I'm done with this guy. Jared, over there. I'm bad. No, bad. Let me out. I'm getting the spray bottle. I'm getting the spray bottle. I'm going to swing. Spray bottle. I'm going to put them on wall. Walls of Jericho. All right. I love you guys. I hope that you have a wonderful week, and I will see you next time. Bye. On. He calls us beautiful people, then tells us who we have on. The best part of my day, though we're blocked out in my pods. Tell my friends all about it so that they follow along. And the host is kind of nerdy, but guess what? I am as well. I don't feel so alone, and I began walking out of my shell. Heard a story, I need a connection I haven't felt. I'll be looking for the next one, tell then farewell. It's the podcast for me. Have it on better go see. Listen closely, download and tune in remotely. It's the podcast for me. Have it on better go see. And listen closely, download and tune in remotely. This podcast is part of the OIW Podcasting Network. Alright, cool, sweet. Baby Jesus. Okay, cool.